Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast. We're preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of the bravest. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pindicoo Productions. We are in South Carolina at this awesome facility and we are going to talk to one of the recruits who's from Utah, right? Yes, sir. So, welcome to South Carolina. Thank you. Feels so, nice out here. Yeah, and especially today. It's like 70 degrees, yeah. I think, at the moment. So, good PT weather. Yeah, very good PT weather. So, uh, first and foremost, tell me who you are. Uh, my name is Brandon Silkman. Uh, like I said, came here from Utah. I've been uh, really wanting to get into the fire service for a long time. Uh, I was putting out some applications out there. Uh, put some applications out here. It's about the only other place we were really willing to move to. And uh, some real took me up, asked me to move down, and they, they gave, me my, gave me my start here. What's the process been so far for you? Explain it to me. Uh, it's been good. You know, we came in first day and we got assigned certain roles. Uh, it's a pretty big class. I think there was about 27 of us when we started. So we had seven groups and uh, we had seven team leaders and uh, they appointed me class leader. And um, really it's been, uh, been hard they've been really good in terms of keeping us you know get, getting us the tools we need to be prepared when we got here but right. it's still it's a mental toll it's a physical toll you have to be in shape they run a tight ship but they do really good yeah i've, I've noticed they're not playing games which is good i mean they if you can't do it here you're not gonna be able to do it on the fire ground no you no know, so it's important they, they still they still keep it 
relaxed though. I mean, obviously we have a pretty tight structure on right. stuff, but uh, the chiefs, the captains, everyone out here, they, they do a great job in terms of uh, kind of knowing that they want you to be pushed, but know that you, you know they care about you. Oh, and you, you want, they want you to succeed here. It's evident in everything I've seen this morning. What's it like to lead your other recruits? It's good, you know, I'm not going to lie. That first week, you know, yeah. you, there's there's some growing pains, especially this is all new to me, too. So, right. uh, but uh, I've had some background, some different business things. Uh, I've never had that many employees underneath me type of a thing. But everyone uh, stuck to the structure. Everyone had respect and everyone's been showing everything that they need to. So, honestly, it's, uh, you know, there's some here things that happen here and there. But uh, they make it easy for me. My team leads are fantastic. And uh, really, it's been Great, uh, great so far. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, pretty exciting news is today is your very first day as a summer level firefighter. Sir. Right? So, started in Goose Creek as a volunteer. Goose Creek girl, yes. Came here at the academy day one with everyone else, all the other recruits. Sir. But today's a pretty special day because it's your first day as a paid firefighter. It is. It, it feels overwhelming. You know? Right. It's everything I've ever wished for. So, tell me what that was like when they told you, hey, by the way, we're going to hire you full time. Well, so as you kind of said, I came in with Goose Creek Rural, came in as a volunteer, didn't really know what I was getting myself into right. as being a volunteer, not being with uh, any uh, team yet. And Chief Tennyson and Chief uh, Melcher kind of took me under their wing and a week and a half in, they offered me a job and That's great. it's been going up ever since. <laughs> Which means that you obviously were showing them along the way that you, you had drive and enthusiasm and this is what you really wanted to do and, and that was evident in getting a full-time job. I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. One of the things I saw this morning is that everyone's working so well together and not only that, people are pushing each other along the way which is really good to see yeah and uh, it's awesome too because a lot of us didn't know each other coming in and you can even see i mean we're going on week four now and the bond with everyone has just been immaculate right that's great yeah what's been the best part for you so far so this whole journey has been in itself a journey right. <laughs> i moved down from boston okay. to do this i got in contact with goose creek rural they said they would kind of take me as a volunteer they put me through the whole um the whole Somerville Fire recruit, and it's it's been a long process right. with a lot of training, a lot of hours worked, uh, but everything has been so worth it. And it's paying off. It, it's so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about being a first female firefighter in your family. What's that like for you? Yes, sir. So, it's always kind of been something that I've had my eye on, but never really had the some guts to right. to do it as a female, being in a male predominant world. Um, I have a lot of aunts and uncles actually who are either the aunts being with a firefighter or my uncles who are firefighters and they've talked me up ever since they said Great. you know you can do this if you put your mind to it Absolutely. and and that's what I'm trying to do. And I know some like sensational female firefighters through my journey uh, with just the show I've met some awesome people. Yes sir. Um, so good for you. Thank I'm, you. I'm happy Thank to you. see you even more with the fire department. Congratulations on your first day. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right there you have it. Everyone, welcome back to Pendicue Productions, Pendicue Podcast. We are here on location in South Carolina. Much better weather from New Jersey when we left. It was 41 degrees, so I'm very happy to be here. I'm here at the Somerville Fire Department uh, Training Center. And Chief, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris Tennyson, Battalion Chief of Training here at Somerville Fire Rescue in beautiful summer, Somerville, South Carolina. Yeah. Amazing, great place, beautiful. Chief, one of the things I'll, I'll mention right from the get-go was uh, 
being asked to be here, which one I truly appreciate the invitation, but to see the recruits out there with you um, pushing, but you were leading, you know, and one of the great things we see is when leaders lead from the front and you were out there humping with them, doing PT, um, you know, right in the grind with them. I think that is a huge buy-in for recruits to see that their leader, their chief is out there with them. It's a big difference. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think more than anything, it shows the, the humanistic side of, of us as leaders. Uh, I want them to see me struggle. I want them to see me tired. And I want them to be in positions where they have to push me as well. I think that's very important. So absolutely do my best and try to keep the, the young guys, keep them working and keep them honest. But at the same time, you know, I, th- I think it's very important that they see that from me and my instructors. Yeah. And again, I think that really is what is going to lead uh, your recruits to to greatness because they're going to always remember looking back at this academy and saying, hey, my chief is right there with me. Yeah. And I'll tell you, brother, I'm, I've been around a little bit in uh, different places and I've not yet seen that. <laughs> so I, I think that that's a good thing that w- what you're doing, you're out there with them. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't other academies doing that. I'm sure there are, but it was good to see it, you know, my own eyes today. Yeah. yeah that you're out there absolutely. with them. So chief, I always like to ask, um, you know, like-minded brothers, how it all started for you in the fire service. So why don't you kind of take me down memory lane for a minute and yeah. uh, let me know how this all started. Yeah, so I, I'm not your typical, you know, I don't, I'm not a fourth generation firefighter or anything like that. I knew very little about being a firefighter. I actually started off going to school to be a history professor. I love history, uh, especially military history and things like that. Uh, my plan in life, I was in ROTC. I, I, I'm the black sheep in the family. Everybody else was military. And so, uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm a type one diabetic. So that kind of closed the door for me and um, decided to go to be a, a history professor. In that time, I realized, I'm like, man, I really, I really want to do some physical thing. I want to do something. I just don't know what to do. And my college advisor was a volunteer fire chief okay. back home. And uh, he said, you know, I tell you what, sit in on a couple fire classes, see what you think. You know, we don't want you to overcommit in your major and, and have to backtrack, and just take a look. And so, I sat in this firefighter class, and these guys were doing rapid dress drills with the old two point twos and oh, all yeah. this, and you know, and I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. And I got to put the gear on, you know, and and play around a little bit. And I said, it. I tell you what, it was like a light switch. It just clicked, and I said, I, I want to try it. So I went. Went to college, started off uh, doing a double major as a firefighter paramedic because up north that's kind of the market, right. you know, up there is, you know, you got to be a medic. And uh, never took my national registry for paramedic. I graduated with an associate's in fire administration and technology from uh, Northland Community College, you okay. know, a little tech school. Cool. And uh, man, I hit the ground running since. I've, I've, I've loved every, every second of it. What was your uh, first apartment? So my first paid department I worked for was uh, St. John's uh, Fire Department down here. It's a John's Island Fire Department. Oh, John's Island. Okay, yep, cool. Yep, Very yep. cool. Uh, small agency taught me a lot. Um, you know, I felt the same heat when I first moved down here. I'm originally from Grand Force, North Dakota. So uh, there was uh, situations where my captain would tell me, look, I, I love you, but if you don't acclimate, you got to find another career because I kept falling out during right, these right. drills. It was right. July, 120 degrees, you know, with humidity. So... Um, so I was the crazy guy running up and down Maybank and, uh, and Maine uh, in turnout gear, running in the dead of summer on my days off, trying to acclimate myself and get to where I could be uh, 
an asset, not a liability. Absolutely. And, and you, <laughs> so, you know, you got to push yourself and drive, and, and sometimes yeah. you got to kick your own self in the butt to get you going. Yeah. 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 Good for you, bro. Taught me a lot. <laughs> talk, talk to me a little bit about it. And it's especially good talking to you about this because it's not like you came from a family of firefighters where a lot of that is kind of how it is. And I know you talk about history. Right. You know, you talk about history of the fire service, and that's really what it, it's been. Right. So guys like you were always fun to talk to because you're walking right into this. Blind. Oh, yeah. What, what was it like once you started to learn a little bit about the culture of fire service and, and what it meant? Oh, man, I, t- I, I loved it because to me, the old school guys that I was fortunate enough to work under, it really wasn't different than a lot of the stuff that my military family had showed me coming up. Um, you know, growing up, just, you know, respect, mm-hmm. you know, be the first one working, be the last one sitting down as the new guy, like just really really drove that into me so that when I came to the fire service, yeah, I had some adjustment I had to do. Uh, but for the most part, I just was really fortunate to have some guys that were really hard on me when I screwed up. Um, but the most important thing was that five minutes later, they were joking around with me. Uh, and, absolutely. And you know what I mean? Like absolutely, it wasn't, yeah. hey, you're a, you're you're a piece of crap. It, right. it was, hey, you screwed up. Let's learn from it, not do it again, own it, and, and let's move on. So, Brother, how special is it for you to be sitting in this chair today you know, leading an academy as a battalion chief. <laughs> it is, it's something I never would have imagined happening, especially, uh, you know, again, when we get a little bit into my career, I'll tell you about the, the crazy way I ended up here at Somerville. And uh, I, I'm so thankful. And, and it's just crazy to see that, you know, I just felt like just yesterday I was coming up and and now I'm the guy that, that, that like you said, is leading things. Right. And, uh, but I will tell you one thing that, I've probably learned more since I've been in this position than I have ever taught. And, no kidding. And that's not a cliche saying. That's no crap. That's that's legit. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, again, because you have, it's still obviously very important to you, the fire service, and, you know, it, it shows everything I've seen here this morning, you know, how much it means to you and uh, the changes you've made here to, to make it yours, uh, your footprint, which is awesome. Chief, take me back to, you know, after you leave uh, your first career department, what was your next step? Yeah, so I, I left St. John's. I took a uh, potential contracting job up north as a civilian contractor. Uh, position closed up, so I ended up moving back down and uh, ended up working for James Allen Fire Department. Uh, a great, great agency. Worked there for about five years. Did some um, part-time with volunteer agencies, Goose Creek Rural Fire Department. So at one point in time, this this particular time in my career, I was working 24s at James Island, 24s at St. Andrews Fire Department, <laughs> and then I was working 12s at Goose Creek on my third day off. I was You're ate grinding. up with it. Yeah. You're grinding, man. I mean, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was a, a single bartender and paying child support for a lot of kids. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I did some smaller agencies, uh, you know, worked a lot, got a lot of great experience, a lot, a lot of good stuff. And then... Got an opportunity to contract overseas with Wackenhut. Oh, cool. So I went to Iraq. I actually lied to go over because I'm a type 1 diabetic. No kidding. Went to a dock in the box. I was good to go. My blood sugar was in check. And here I was hopping a plane going over to uh, Baghdad. So I had a great experience over there. Contracted out. um, Learned a lot of cool things about wearing battle rattle underneath turnout coats and stuff. It was pretty interesting. And then uh, when I came back, I was blessed enough... um, you know, I was I, I went back to do the the James Island thing, and of course, you guys know the Sofa Superstore happened. Right. I wasn't working with Charleston yet when that happened, but I worked for for uh, for James Island, the neighboring agency, and then of course, you know, I was still hanging out with the St. Andrews guys, so um, was was on the fire, you know, that night, 
And, uh, and then shortly, shortly after that, I was the second recruit class after the fire. I made my way into Charleston. Wow. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that, uh, that experience you had at that fire. Uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. You know, I, um, you know, my part was a very small part in the whole grand scheme of things. Uh, just, uh, definitely a gut check. I think, sure. uh, you know, I knew, I knew some of those guys, of course, you know, uh, Billy Hutchinson, he cut my hair and, you know, uh, Beatty, Beatty and Suggs, uh, Captain Suggs, he, he actually retired as a chief. Uh, he didn't die in the fire, but that's how I got to know Beatty and, and, you know, Kelsey and I used to drink together at one, of, one of the pubs up the street. So, um, it was definitely uh, a gut check to see if this is what I wanted to do. And, and, and how real this job really is, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, nobody ever thinks about it until right. it hits right in your backyard. And it, you know, I hate to say it, it, it pisses me off that a lot of organizations around here still kind of operate pre-fire <laughs> and knowing yeah. it happened. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, yeah, I always say you have to use these terrible incidents to learn from as best you can. And you, know, you never want to, you know, Monday morning quarterback and that type of thing. But I think in a fire service, if we, if we take a step back and look at the entire incident mm -hmm. and see how we can change things for us, that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's my, my whole aspect on the fire service. I, th I thought I was a good firefighter before that fire. And then it was a good reality check for me to say, look, if this is never gonna happen again, um, thinking I'm good enough isn't gonna cut it. Right. I, I have to be I have to be the part of the change and, and to make things better so that that never happens again and that our friends, you know, and our brothers, again, don't don't die in vain because that's the worst yeah. thing that can happen. So 100 percent agree. Yeah, we, <laughs> we we can't we can't die in vain. Otherwise, was you know, what, what was the point? Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. So, brother, talk to me more about uh, your next steps after that, because it's cool to see your progression. You know, you're, <laughs> you, you know, going overseas, you, you started as a volunteer department. So it's, it's really cool to see it all working up. Yeah, so I, I ended up going to Charleston. Uh, I went through a two-week academy. We were one of the first groups hired that were already certified. Okay. So already we kind of had a bad rep coming in. Right, You know, right. I had, <laughs> for lack of a better term, had some D-bags come out of our, our class that really didn't help things. Right. Um, but... Uh, the cool part was very early on after the fire charleston was still going through a ton of changes i'm sure and so it was great to be a part of the change um and they were actually relying on some of us guys fairly early on in our career to help help you know make that change for a lot of the guys and uh so it was interesting because here i was you know sometimes helping out a guy that had to get you know fire one and two fire officer that had been on the job years that could show me so many things on a fire scene right. you know they've done more than i'll ever forget you know it's just crazy stuff so but it was cool the attitude that it was approached with you know do you think that fire changed the the way that they did their training absolutely that fire changed everything about charleston and i'll be the first to say you know everything about charleston before that it it was not bad it you know it's these guys were firefighters they right. were hard-nosed dudes they were great jam up individuals um, and that didn't change after the fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what was it like to be part of that that change in process? It must be interesting for you because you already had firefighting experience. So, right. Talk to me about that. Uh, it was it was it was interesting because I was caught in a situation where here I am trying to learn how to be how to be an old school dude at right. Charleston. You know, one of the most historic fire departments ever. And of course, I was blessed enough. I went straight to number eight downtown on oh, that's, uh, King that's and Uji Street, you yeah, know, the ghost yeah. house. So, um, 
it was just such an awesome experience, overwhelming. But it it was interesting for me because I I had to make sure I didn't overstep anything. And it's a tough situation. Yeah, right, try man. to Very learn unique. to be a new guy, but yeah. also say, hey, look, we've used five inch for a long time. Let's you know. <laughs> and then how many of those guys are gonna you know. What are you talking about, kid? You know, you just started here. So yeah, exactly. It's a very exactly. difficult balance, man. Definitely. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, your first experience in Charleston at the kitchen table, man. Tell me what that was like <laughs> for you. So uh, a lot of things were in place, you know, um, obviously you had that, you always had the battle, right? So, you know, when I come up as a tailboard, they always told us like, especially in the academy, look, you're the last one to sit down to eat. Officer doesn't do their dishes, you know, and everything. And then... You know, I come on the job and I had this acting captain, McClary, old school dude from Barnwell. And um, we're, we're, we're sitting down to eat and I'm waiting. He says, no, man, go first. You know, so we have the battle and the right. banter back and forth. And, <laughs> you know, finally it comes down to, look, it's an order. Go go get some food. Sit down. Each house is different. Bro. Oh, man, yeah. it's different, you know. So I was just trying not to break rules. And then, um, and then of course, sit down. And uh, the thing I remember, and he probably won't even recall this, is in my first meal, I sit down and I get up and I try to go grab everyone's dishes. And uh, he's like, no, you're still hungry? You want a second? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Okay. You know, and then he actually took my plate. Wow. And he washed it and uh, threw me off because I was like, shit, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to get hammered for this. Uh, Bro, you realize what just happened, though. I mean, you're, (laughs) you know, it's funny when you tell me that because you're literally doing that right now man you're out these in the park line but when you told me that it instantly brought me back to outside you're with the recruits you're face forward you're you're out there doing burpees man you're you're split spinning tires you're, so it's cool that you know you're paying back yeah yeah and that and that's like i said i was very blessed to have the leaders i had underneath you know just uh, taught me a lot Absolutely, and, and even yeah. even the ones that i that we won't talk about that weren't great leaders they taught me a lot too Right. Well, sometimes bad leaders tell you how not to be bad leaders. Yeah. So, so we have that too. That's it's a good uh, good dynamic. So, talk to me a little bit about Charleston. What was that like for you? It must have been awesome. Oh man, it was great. Best best times of my on the floor fire experience. I right. mean, uh, you know, number eight was a busy busy house. We uh, single engine company. Uh, you know, we were right in the mix of everything, all kind of walks of life, and just uh, you know, fires. We were on every fire downtown. It was great. It, it was a wonderful experience, and then as I promoted through the ranks, I went to number nine, which is right up the street, still downtown, uh, at King and Harriet, and that was right in a time where we were transitioning into this um, dynamic of, of fire departments working together. Right, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we started responding with North Charleston on automatic aid and everything. So the crazy part is, is I left eight and I was mad. I was like, great, there goes, you know, no more fires, no more this, and <laughs> number nine is right at the at the where in downtown and the neck of North Charleston meets. Oh wow. So when all this came into formation we started playing nice with each other. Well nine was hitting all the fires in the neck of North Charleston. So right. we were actually probably one of the busier engine companies downtown again. So I loved it. I was like, oh man. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> so here you think it's gonna be a bad thing it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what was it like training with North Charleston? I mean were you guys training together or were you guys just doing uh, Yeah, it was good. Fires? It was good like most things, you know, I think uh, a lot of the issues actually came from, you know, the brass, not so much from the guys on the floor. We were it was transitional periods. We had guys laying, you know, going to structure fires and not laying in, you know, doing different things that that were in our policy, but uh overall, man, even the the speed bumps and everything, I, it's such a great system. Yeah. It, it works and it's better for the community and for the public that we serve that we do it. 
What was your uh, best memory, Charleston, if you, had to, if you had to pick one? So I would honestly say my best memory uh, was the day that I made captain. Um, the crews I had coming up were great, but I took, I took it very serious in, in the traditions of coming up through the ranks and making captain at Charleston Fire Department. Yeah. That was amazing, that was, amazing yeah. kind of, It's awesome. Yeah, that was something that meant so much to me. Sure. Um, and it was truly, truly a great experience. That's awesome. Now, during this time, you know, were you married? Uh, no. So I, my wife that I'm with now, we we had off and on. You know, we dated off and on. We were that couple until we just, you know, got our head out of our behinds and finally got married. But uh, so she had been with me since I was a tailboard at eight, oh, cool. uh, kind of off and on. Right, and right. then I think when I made captain, yeah, we were already married when I made captain. Bro, this job is super, super difficult <laughs> for relationships. I'm, so, I'm sure you tell all these recruits out here, man, yeah. You know, they, they mess up my relationship pretty well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the oh, fire yeah. service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're good at that. We're good at putting out fires and getting divorced and, and making bad decisions. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good job, man. She definitely, she stuck with me through the pull in the 96s plus. Yeah. And so now, hours, now she's mad if I'm not home by 5 p.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are different for you now, yeah, man. Exactly. You're a boss. It's, you know, you're, it's moving on up. So, Chief, talk to me a little bit about um, how this opportunity came about at Somerville Fire Department. Yeah, so... Uh, I, uh, some good and bad came of me making captain. I was, my last position, I was the recruit school coordinator for Charleston Fire. Uh, my recruits graduated. I was brought on as an outside assessor for Hilton Head Fire Rescue. That's cool. To do a senior, senior fireman promotional process. So I go there and, um, let's just say I've, I've battled with alcohol in the past and uh, a mixture of alcohol and low blood sugar got the best of me. Um, you know, never got a DUI or anything, but just the fact that, you know, the Hilton Head Fire Department had to get called to the hotel room and it escalated from there. And, uh, you know, not to go into extreme detail, but I just to make it clear, I didn't go to jail or anything like that. But um, there was a new, new chief under our regime at uh, Charleston Fire. And so uh, when I got in trouble, it was basically down to the fact that I put Charleston Fire Department, I represented them badly, and um, which is absolutely true, I did. Uh, so I was on, put on admin leave uh, due to that situation, came back, and uh, from there I, uh, I had a, you know, my exit interview and everything and basically was told, look, you can resign or be fired, but we're not letting you come back. I, I felt at the time, of course, I was angry, knee-jerk reaction, and, you know, I put blood, sweat, and tears into that department, never yeah. had a negative write-up. That's exactly what I'm thinking the whole time. Man, it's like, what a tough situation, man. Yeah, it was it was bad, and at first, you know, I, I was that guy that blamed the department, but um, I can say I honestly learned a lot from that situation of don't put someone, don't put your fate in someone else's hands, you know. Just do yeah. the right thing and, and stay out of that situation. Um and one thing I'll tell you about that is uh, it, it was hard. So I, I, of course, fought it at first. Uh, didn't work out well for me. So then, you know, I had actually thought about leaving the fire service. And, um, and, and the thing that got me the most, it was nothing that Charleston Fire Department could ever do to me or anything. It was, uh, you know, coming home and uh, basically, you know, having to tell my daughter, hey, man, you know, we can't do as many skating lessons or just the the home life right you know i felt like such a piece of crap because i i let my family down my wife it was a bad spot for me yeah very um, difficult man and for you to listen <laughs> I, I i give you a ton of respect to be able to tell the story and uh, this certainly was not 
part of my platform at all for, for <laughs> you know but it impresses me that you're talking about this because people need to hear these stories bro our brothers and sisters need to hear these stories and realize that sometimes the end all isn't the be all right you know and that you you can you can dust yourself off from the ashes and, and pick yourself up and make something of yourself like yourself i mean you, you're yeah. a shining example of <laughs> you know being able to get back on your feet bro yeah it it um like I said, uh, hit hit some bad spots. Did some uh, did some smaller agencies. Took a lieutenant job at a neighboring department. Um, you know, like I said, I was thinking about walking away from the fire service altogether. And, what a mistake that would have been, huh? Oh, like man. looking back at it now, oh, you know. Oh man, I I, w- I probably would have been divorced. My wife would have been going crazy. Yeah, you'd have been miserable not yeah. doing this job, man. Yeah. So she, uh, you know, she helped me out a lot, supported me through everything as hard as that was, and you know, she, she was very confident. She's like, "You'll be back," and. Uh, so the funny thing is, uh, the other agency I was at, I, I wanted to get out. It just, the agency wasn't going in a direction I, I thought it should. So I called up, um, the head chief here actually worked with me downtown Charleston. Okay. And the ops chief at the time worked with me downtown Charleston as well. Now were these guys you you know, riding backwards with? Uh, so this guy, so me and uh, the ops chief were, he was a captain when I was coming up through the ranks as a driver, engineer, and all that. Gotcha. And we were captains together at the same battalion. Uh, he made battalion chief and then left Charleston, retired out. Same thing with the head fire chief. He was a captain when I came on the job, but he definitely, he was on a different shift, but we had several times together, you know, so. Yeah, cool. Um, it was kind of neat. I already had that relationship. So I call him up and I said, hey, look, I'll, I'll come over as a tailboard. Just let me know. I'll go through academy. Let me know what I got to do. And they said, well, stand by. Uh, come to find out that there was a training chief position opening up at Somerville and they said look why don't you put in for it Um, and uh, so I did 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 an interview process did everything um, very hard decisions to make the candidates that I knew of because half of the candidates taught me on on what to do so I I knew the candidates I was up against and um, you know Chief Waring Chief Waring decided to select me thankfully and uh, you know, I asked him at one point, I said, hey, what what was it? Because I said, I, I know a lot of these hey, guys know, are way, yeah. way better on paper than me. Right, and, you right. know, they taught me a lot. And, it, you know, he said at best, he's like, you know, it's not always about the most qualified individual. It's it's about the perfect fit for Somerville. And he's like, I think I think you're what, what we want. And uh, he did tell me, you know, he's like, I, I trust you. I, I trust that you're not going to make the same mistake twice. Don't make me look bad. Right, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, when people put their neck out for you, you always got to do the right thing, bro. Yeah. Right, right. That's good. So you actually came here as a, as a chief then? I did. I oh, came wow. from the outside as a battalion chief, and that was interesting. Take Talk to me a little bit about that, because are you taking a step back from firefighting to do this, or are you still in the mix? No, I'm expected to still, you know, run calls at night after hours. I have a take-home vehicle, you know, and, and, and be there on the scenes as a presence, whether it's, uh, you know, as a safety or an interior ops chief or, you know. Oh, good. So you're still, you're, still, you're still getting your feet oh, there. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Good. I can still absolutely do that. Um, you go to as many as I can, you know. That's uh, awesome. So you have yeah. the best of both worlds, really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me about what it is that compelled you to come here and what training means to you. Yeah, so uh, what compelled me to come here was the leadership that was already here and the respect that I had for them just from working together, uh, you know, at our previous agency at Charleston. And, and uh, I, I just knew the direction that Somerville was going. And I like to tell people Somerville is like the diamond in the rough. Uh, you know, Chief Arella, he, he calls it, you know, the land of milk and honey. It's, it's just, it's, 
it's an amazing organization uh, that everyone is is continually talking about the leadership here involving Chief Waring and the direction that he's taking the agency. I'll tell you, um, the few days I've been here, I've visited three stations in Somerville, and I'm telling you, that whole Southern hospitality is no joke because uh, not only was I welcome with open arms, but I mean, just stories and, and, you know, a lot of bros and stuff like that. It was, it was good, man. Yeah. It really made me feel, cause you know, I, I go to certain places and you know, you know how it is, bro. We're all type A. Right. So you meet someone for the first time, you're always gonna be a little standoffish until you prove yourself or they prove themselves. But for me, what I saw here was that it was not like that you know mm -hmm. you you walked in and it was like hey bro welcome you know it yeah. was awesome you know and even one of the guys I, I spoke to at uh station two said to me hey man i'm from boston you know and i'm transplanted too and, and uh you know this is just so awesome to see guys you know talking to each other and and, and he was more than excited to show me the new tiller oh yeah that, our new bendy truck yeah that thing is <laughs> that beautiful beautiful piece but uh but it was cool you know to, to get to be able to talk to, to brothers here so it was great yeah yeah. So obviously that's something that, you know, uh, you're, I'm sure you're happy to hear that too as, as a chief that these guys are out there just killing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's one thing I can say, you know, our leadership takes it serious that all the, all the guys and gals on the floor are a direct reflection of us. So when things go great, we love hearing it, we want to celebrate it, and, and when they go bad, we got to fix it. <laughs> so when you're here now and you're with these recruits, and like I mentioned already on the show that, I mean, you're literally in with them. You're in the, you're in the grind. Talk to me about what your focus is here for training for these recruits what do you want to see yeah so and it's funny you say that i actually just saw an article that came out i believe fire engineering talking about how are we teaching our recruits and are they the right way and everything and um so i, I want to start off by saying that the the biggest thing my goal to show recruits is how to be good people how to how to be good individuals and not be the d-bags in the fire service the training comes. We can teach anybody to pull lines. We can teach anybody to throw ladders and do that stuff. Uh, my focus is, you know, showing mistakes, owning up to it, showing them that we even guys on the floor and leadership screws up as, you know, we try to fix it. Um, er everything else is secondary, mm -hmm. you know, to me, to me. My, Absolutely. Fo my focus is making sure that they're good individuals. <laughs> yeah. Well, Honestly, bro, that's like 90% of it. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? We can teach, like you said, we, you said it best. You can teach them anything, you know, but, but if they're not out there representing Somerville Fire Department right. like you want them to, and I always tell people, you know, it's almost like that patch is a tattoo now mm -hmm. because you represent the fire department. Even if you're off, it right. just doesn't make a difference what's yeah. happening. And you spoke of that on a personal level, right. how important that is. So I think you being in a position you're in that you can give your own personal story to these recruits, I think really will uh, make an impact on them. Absolutely, yeah, that, and that was key to me is, is again, adding that humanistic side to it. Like, look, this isn't coming from a place of lecture. This isn't coming from a place of being better than you. Or and you're I'm not an reading it from a book, man. This is life. No, I tell them, <laughs> I tell every recruit class my story. I tell them everything I can uh, just, just to try to help them along the way. Absolutely. This, this job is really easy, and too often I see guys make it a lot harder than it has to be. <laughs> Brother, if I had to ask you, um, is there one person in your, in your life um, that comes to mind when you look at your success in the fire service, or are there multiple people you think of? I, it's a honestly, tough question. It, it, it is, and it's. I have to say there isn't one set individual. I mean, I could obviously say my father. My father overcame a lot, you know, coming up. Uh, 
you know, he sticks out the most, but I, I truly, uh, again, with my cliche sayings here, you know, you have so many others to blame for your success and, and give credit to, and you only have yourself to blame for failure. I try to live that. And I will tell you, every, every encounter I've had has led me to where I'm at now. That's every awesome. individual I've encountered yeah. is just... So you're taking a little bit from everybody, bro. Absolutely, and, that's, and, I, and I try to do that. And that's what you're basically that telling. Cheesy, it but. doesn't sound cheesy. It, it actually doesn't sound cheesy. It's it's 100 true, and I, I like that you're saying that because it's true. Yeah. You know, what what do you what's your long term goal here, bro? Like if someone to come to you and say, what's long term goal here at the academy? What do you want to see? What is it? I want I want to see the changes continue to be made. We've progressed a lot. Not that it was bad before I got here, but I just. Um, obviously came in with a different vision. So uh, continuing on with the vision that I have of building, uh, building great firefighters uh, and building a great instructor cadre. Uh, Long-term goal for me, uh, of course, is I feel training is one of those positions that as much as I try to keep up with current tactics and of course my body slowly breaking down as we speak, I feel like a training officer position should probably be changed every five to eight years, give or take. So my goal is to get it as solid foundation that, that, as I can and then move up. I, I want to retire an ops chief. So Good for you, bro. That's a good vision. And it's good because I think, you know, like you said, when you have change in training, it's good because it, it mixes it up a little bit. Yep. You don't get stagnant. Right. Because it's just human nature, man. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to burn out. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's I'll, I'll hit that plateau point where I've taken the agency as far as I can go, and, and then it'll be time to get a fresh fresh individual in here. Because, I mean, you, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't realize until I took the position, you know, tra- training gets worked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. It's a mental game, too. It is, yeah. You know, you, it definitely you, is mental You can game. easily get mentally fried. I, yeah. I remember always hearing guys, you know, dwindling down, and I'm hitting my fourth year here as a training officer, and I'm fighting it hard, you know, trying not to – to, to mentally or, or just hit that plateau i'm still trying to keep it rising but you know I'll well be... pt's helping yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll ground you quick <laughs> every every training guy i've ever spoke to about you know uh, whether they're a chief someone as high as you as a battalion chief or, or even a lieutenant or a grunt when i talk to them about training there's always that one thing that sticks with them like that you know maybe it was the charleston nine maybe it was something else in your life is there that one thing for you that just sticks in you like a knife about training something you want to get get across to these guys yeah absolutely there's two things one thing was that was the the sofa superstore fire that again put a spark in me that just i knew i had to be better and and the way to be better was to not look at training how i used to which brings up my second point is i remember being the guy on the floor and always remembering just doing the crap talking about you know training or like hey man dang you know we got to go do this training. I want to work out. I want to do this, you know, back in the days when I was a pretty boy. So (laughs) um, I remember being that guy. And now that I'm here in this chair, I, I have an even more found respect for the training and what goes on. Right. And, and just the constant grind and and the drive to never stop no matter what. So I I think both of those have instilled in me, not only a respect, um, but also the hard knock, um, tragedy of you got to be better and you got to make everyone else better or else these guys died for nothing and that's kind of what i try to do 100 percent, bro last question i'll ask you before you're off the seat is what's it like for you to be teaching at the academy as a chief and then seeing these recruits now firefighters on the fire ground because of what you taught them and what you're you know 
all your instructors here at the academy that are giving their blood, sweat, and tears, you know, because obviously it's not just you, it's these guys too. They're oh, all, yeah. all here humping for you. What's it like for you? I love it. Um, especially now in the last few years, I see, I see the guys that we put everything into. Um, they're actually moving up pretty quick. That's and awesome. You know, not that, every, that the guys on the floor are bad, but these guys are out here and they – they took something from the academy. You know, they took that drive. Right. Uh, our actual mission statement says future leaders of the fire service. We want them to say that every morning because you're not just going to be firefighters. Right. If you're going to graduate, I want to instill in you that you are the future leaders. You're you're what's going to run the show. So, yeah. and these guys are taking it to heart. It's great, man. They live it every yeah. day, and that's what I love seeing. I love getting you know the random text. I'm not one for recognition, but. You know, I get the text like, hey, chief, we, we had a fire. It was blacked out. Uh, you know, what you showed us, that worked. It was great. You know, just the small stuff like that I love. Bro, those things right there, <laughs> that's more than any kind of money you'll ever get in your yeah. life. Those, those, you know, that's huge. Those text, it's text message, but it's, it means so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes you realize that everything you're doing here is for a reason. Right. Chief, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It meant a lot. Um, it was really cool to be invited to your facility, see what was going on. Um, getting a first-hand look. I got to talk to some recruits. Uh, you guys are going to see that as well. But, uh, again, I appreciate it very much. Hey, thank you. Glad to help, and it's an honor. I appreciate you uh, doing this for us. It's amazing. Oh, of course, and I'll definitely be back because uh, it feels like <laughs> home. It's it's a great place to be. So before I let, let you go, bro, I do have some, some things here for you. I mean, everyone that comes on the show uh, will get our, our patch. So you now have our patch. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put that up on the on That's the awesome, bro. Yeah, it's. I, I was thinking the same thing. And then, uh, of course, you know, all firefighters look decals. So oh, yeah, we, yeah. I can't great. have enough stickers. <laughs> That's awesome. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for popping in and uh, seeing another episode here at Pin the Q Productions, Pin the Q Podcast. You'll be able to see this, uh, obviously, on YouTube and also on our platform for our podcast show. Be safe and take care of each other.